Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Well, hey, everybody, this is Jim Asker from Billboard, and I am very excited today to have the one and only Lauren Daigle with me on the podcast. Hi, Hello. Lauren. Oh, hey, hey. Full disclosure, I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, I was just telling everybody while we were setting up that, you know, your first album came out in 2015, um, and I'm sure it was a whirlwind for you, but... You know, and doing the charts at Billboard, kept watching these songs go to number Mm. one. And then after a while, I kept saying, well, we're due. And (laughs) I I just asked somebody, Steve Ford or somebody at your label, Eccentricity, and I said, what is going on with Lauren? Is she ever coming back? And he said, I don't know. And then just a few weeks ago, somebody said, oh, the album's just about done. (laughs) So you've been really quiet about about this, haven't you? Yeah. When did you start working on the new record? And tell us the name of the new album. The new album album is called look up child and um i started working on it in the studio around the end of uh mid to end of january wow so yeah i've kept it a secret for about half a year but really it's been it's been a year in the making um just from different rights and meetings and things like that it was all getting set up for about a year now. I've got so. to tell you. So I, you know, I grew up on rock and roll, right? Ooh, all right, come on now. And classic rock. I, I, you know, I was a big Springsteen fan. Yeah. I'd been over a hundred shows, and wow. I, you know, we didn't know that he was almost dropped by the record label CBS before Born to Run came out. But before Born to Run came out, it was like fever pitch in our neighborhood because I grew up in upstate New York, Factory Town, and mm-hmm. Bruce was our hero. We had already seen him a bunch of times, and this record wow. took two years to make. Wow. So before it came out, it was like fever pitch. And then it came out, and the album opens with Thunder Road. And I kept listening to it over and over again. It was like, I can't get to the second mm-hmm. song. <laughs> and your album opens with this Still Rolling Stones and I have to tell you, I listened to it like 10 times in a row what? before I got to the second song. What? Because really? I'm a former oh radio gosh. guy. So when I hear a great song, with, it's like the perfect single to me. Wow. Okay. That's so, a major compliment. Did major. you tell me about that song? Oh. And then I want to move on to the single. But okay. that first song just... It's like a great, will it be a single? I hope. I hope. I hope too. We're both in the hope world together. I, We wrote this song um, in this little room mm-hmm. and it was and a we're stairwell. We're in Franklin, Tennessee, we should say. Yep, Fra- okay. in Franklin, Tennessee, right here. And 
my producer has a Rhodes that sits in this room, and and what's the name of your producer? Paul Mabry, who did the last album. He too, did right? the last record mm-hmm. as well. Yep, and it's funny because I feel like if you were to take an instrument and like make it the inside of me, if you mm-hmm. take the inside of me and flip it inside out and put an instrument to it, it would be horns or a Rhodes. I just love the sound of a Rhodes. It's an instant vibe. And um, so we're sitting in here in this stairwell, and he has this Rhodes in here, and it's an echo room. Like, it's made for an echo chamber. And we were riding with another friend. His name's Paul Duncan. And he wrote Light of the World with us, and he wrote uh, Once and for All. Mm -hmm. And the first time that Paul Mabry and I ever met, Paul Duncan, uh, we Skyped him in, and we all three wrote together. And it was once and for all. And that was, it was kind of beautiful that the first song on the record, on this current record, Look Up Child, was also Paul, Paul, and myself. Oh, that's so, so great. It's kind of nods back to But you're how singing it all that built. song like you may never sing another song. Yeah, so it, uh, when you're singing Rise Up, I'm like, this is a call to arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was honestly, it came from this moment. In here, it was kind of, we could feel the weight of the room shift. That's kind of what happens whenever we us we three get together. And I I remember hearing that melody, all at once I came alive. And Keep thinking, going if you'd like. <laughs> this beating heart, these open eyes, the grave let go, the darkness should have known. You're still rolling stones. And I I remember hearing that and thinking, that's like a police melody. Mm-hmm. Like how like Sting kind of does those crazy Every little intervals. thing she does is magic. Yeah. <laughs> that production sound a little bit, yeah. What was that? That production sound of coming up and then, you know, dropping back down like that arc. Yes, yes. Did you plan on that? It wasn't necessarily a plan as much as it just came out in the moment. And it was actually low. I, majority of the time, sing in a male's key. And so they, the guys were singing it in a key that was natural for them. And I thought, okay, I can, I hear what they're saying, but... I started singing it like that. And around day two with this song, I said, guys, wait, let me just sing it like me for a second, Mm -hmm. which obviously we all get a kick out of because, duh, like obviously I should be singing it. But because it's natural for me to sing in a guy's key, I wasn't even thinking about it. And um, I said, I'm hearing it. The reason why I'm so enthralled by this melody and so excited about this melody is because I hear it like this. And I sang it. When you say a guy's scale, just asking a dumb question, does that mean a little deeper or what is? Yeah, it's just a lower key. Um, I can't remember what which key it was, but it was a lower key, and I'm very comfortable in that range. Like in a in a tenor male range is very comfortable for me. So I I actually like leaning into that. We've, your voice is incredible. Oh. How often do people compare you to Adele? That happens quite often. It does often, often right? <laughs> yeah. Because, and it's, I'm sure it's not on purpose, but I wasn't supposed to let anybody hear that. They gave, Paul, your publicist gave me the link and he said, don't let anybody listen. But I told my bosses the other day, I said, you got to hear this song. Oh, so wow. I sent them the link and they're, 
and they were like, this sounds like a great Adele single. Wow. Oh, my and, gosh. That's and amazing. And it has that feel. And um, the production is great. And then when you're saying that one line about a revival, put it on vinyl. I mean, that went right <laughs> to my heart. Oh, God. Being on. an old vinyl guy. Yeah, you know? I'm an old Is soul. that your line? Um, that was my Paul Mabry. That He was like, because we love vinyl you know, we have a vinyl player sitting next to us at all times, and we're just constantly listening to records. And I think it's kind of just a nostalgic element of what we love. And for keeps, kind of like mm-hmm. a revival, put it on vinyl. Yep, like. yep. It's timeless. Vinyl, vinyl goes back and is still present right now. You know, it has history and it also is in the here and now will the new album be get some vinyl pressings yes, it will oh, awesome. i'm so excited i cannot wait can that we say that i mean the, it said it on the release yesterday i told paul yesterday your publicist um that i was like hey the download just came out for the single and it has the date of the album on it um, oh wow september 7th yeah. so we could say it right yeah it's public now uh, and is it 14 tracks i think it's 13 plus the acoustic version of the single right yes there will be will that stay on the elements um i don't know if that's going to be on the full lp or if that's going to be maybe a bonus kind of a bonus piece mm-hmm. the single as you say that's the, that's the first sign that everybody's hearing so tell us about that and why yeah. was that picked as the first single that was picked as the first single because i actually wrote that song over two years ago when we thought we were going to make the record <laughs> natural artist to push back the record four times and that's good though you had people wondering yeah exactly you talked in the beginning about like that space and time to have that (laughs) anticipation yep and the sophomore record probably is to an artist is so important right totally well i feel like the sophomore record can be a, a make or break record and by the way following up an album how can it be that has been on the charts now for 187 weeks. Oh my gosh, I didn't Including know that. 11 weeks at number one. Wow. Uh, it debuted at number one, the full album, after the EP in May 2015. Um, and then your Christmas record, Behold, also debuted at number one, December 2016. Um, three number ones off the first album. First, Trust in You, Oh Lord, plus eight top tens. And so that's what you're following up with a second record. Oh so. my gosh. All yeah, right, so no go pressure. On. Let's talk about oh, this. No pressure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's kind of why I waited so long. I was like, I need some. And the how can it be the record went platinum? While we're making this record, Is it's that- at one. I looked this morning um, oh, really? at Nielsen, and uh, it's at one point two consumption now. Oh my! Gosh. And seven hundred and forty-eight thousand sold in actual sales. You know that's unheard of, right? Oh my gosh, that's kind of gives me the butterflies and makes me want to so, cry. No wow. pressure on this next. Yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure on the next one. But I think there was something to the pressure, and this actually leads into the story behind the song. Right, you, you say, say we're talking about the single. The pressure of a second record, I feel like, can be it can be make or break for some artist. Um, and I knew I needed space to refine my identity and understand. Okay, this is a new world I'm living in. This is completely contrary to the environment I was raised in. I mean, I'm a swamp girl through and through. I went deep sea fishing this weekend right. and in Louisiana. And I want to ask you more about Louisiana and that background yeah. in a little while. Yeah, but absolutely. You've been on a whirlwind, obviously, mm-hmm. since 2015. So much stuff going on with the songs and your appearances. 
I saw you at the ACM Awards with Reba yeah. McIntyre. Yeah. I was there in Las Vegas wow. last year for that. Yeah. Um, you looked like you were having a great time. It was an amazing day. We actually had two shows that morning in Missouri. And then I flew from Missouri at like 11 a.m. and made that rehearsal for the ACMs with Reba by the skin of my teeth. The Academy was, of Country Music Awards. What was that like? Yep. I was going to ask about this later, but we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, you seemed like you were having the time of your life oh, down there amazing. watching it. You were in the front row, I think, or the second row, something mm-hmm. like that, right, right. right in front of the stage. How yeah. does it come to sing with a legend like Reba McIntyre, Back to God? Oh, wow. She is such a kind human. Um, she was making that record and I think someone mentioned her name to me and uh, to her, mentioned my name to her. And um, she kind of had this moment, I guess, and was like, I I would be interested in her being on the record. And so we ended up meeting over the phone. She was filming something in Atlanta. And um, it was as if we had known each other. It was kind Mm -hmm. of that she's really just a down to earth kind, easy to talk to. And so I think that's what made that night so special was it was sitting next to a legend, but sitting next to a person as well. And so you sat next to her the whole really show? Sweet. Yep, the whole show. Did you meet a lot of country artists that night? I met some. I actually met Florida Georgia Line. Um, I just did a podcast with them. Yeah. That's, They're really nice guys, yeah. right? Tyler and Brian. Tyler and Brian. And um, I met a lot of label people and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Um I think being in Las Vegas, that's always a fun thing too. But watching the performances, I I can't get enough of watching performances. Like it doesn't matter what genre; and it's just that's always a enthralling. great show. They pack a lot of music into yeah. it. I yeah. think not because I'm biased naturally because I'm involved mm-hmm. in country too. But mm-hmm. I think our award shows, the CMAs and the ACMs, are both tremendous yeah. shows. They yeah. they start on time, they end on time. Yeah. They pack more music into yeah. it than. Any other show? Yeah. Um, would you do another collaboration with another, Artist? say, Florida Georgia Line SU? Um, Maybe. We'd see. I guess it all depends on what it you is. Gotta, you're going to have a lot going on now. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, that means a lot to me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory. But boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Um, when you put this record out in September, well, the, now it starts now with a single. Mm-hmm. I, I was asking before, asking your people, your relationship with Christian radio programmers. Oh. And what the, um, 
Did you have you talked to them yet about this song, or have they heard it? it not quite yet. Where I think some of them have heard it, um, but I haven't really given them the behind the scenes. The behind the scenes is the there was a, an award show while we're actually on that the pressure, the award shows, all the things. Um, I was sitting there thinking, man, this is amazing. But it was my it was only my second award show that I'd ever been. Oh, to. really? And. I was not the ACMs, this particular award show I was at. And uh, I remember it was a big night. Lots of things happened. the Dove Awards? It was the Dove Awards. Okay. And I remember feeling like, okay, this is supposed to be the biggest high, the biggest amazing moment and time. And this is the biggest thing that's happened in my career to date, like when it comes to an award kind of thing. And I left that feeling so great, but they never kind of tell you that the next day can Mm -hmm. be a little crash. And because you're on this huge high and then you come back to normal, but normal feels really low. Back to Normalville. Back to Normalville, (laughs) you know? And I'm okay with Normalville. I like it personally. But I think uh, it was the first moment for me to realize my life was changing, whether or not I liked it. You know, I I talked to you for the first time at the end of 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I got to phone. tell you on the phone that you were the female artist, Billboard's top female Christian artist of 2015. Mm-hmm. And you said, I'll never forget, you said, hang on, I've got to pull over. Because yes. you were driving. <laughs> yes. I remember feeling you like, remember? what is going on? Everything was such a fast trajectory. Like I felt like from the beginning of the album launching to now, I mean, it was like, zero to a hundred and I had to figure out how to catch my breath in You've the process. You've done a lot of TV and working yeah. each one of those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the fact that it went on so long and that you're about to embark on another maybe oh, yeah. two year journey or whatever? Yes, absolutely. I'm so grateful. I, I have nothing but gratitude. I feel like they say in the brain that fear and gratitude cannot exist at the same time. So when they when you do like an MRI and fear is highlighted in the brain, gratitude is completely dormant. When gratitude is highlighted in the brain, fear is completely dormant. I'll remember this. I'm a cancer survivor, so I've been wow. through my, um, you know, cycle of MRIs. Wow. wow. So you think about what I should think about gratitude. Yep. Isn't okay. that amazing? Gratitude. And I think the older I get, the more I understand the depth of gratitude. And when I look at the journey... There were some definite dark, hard times, just learning how to get accustomed to a new normal. Um, but were, were there some times you're from Louisiana? Are you from a small town in Louisiana? I'm from Lafayette. Oh, Lafayette. Ba- yeah. So right. Lafayette's about two or 300,000 so people. So were there times when it was kind of frightening being out there, or did you just embrace it right out of the chute and... I embraced it right out of the shoot. I loved I loved the I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love adventure. I love spontaneity. I love whim. So it was kind of in my fabric to uh gravitate towards something that is completely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But in that, once it got to a place where I felt like I no longer had my finger on the pulse mm-hmm. um, when things were just moving at lightning speed and I had no opportunity to embrace it. You're it was kinda... just treadmill. Yes, fully. I was kind of, in that moment, I think I was going into a little bit of shock. And like, then there's okay, always the danger of, um, I know it's the Christian world, but we're all susceptible to people being around you that 
want to take mm-hmm. um, and set. Yeah. Right. And feeling like you're losing yourself in the process doesn't feel good. You know? And it seems like you surround yourself with a good team though now. Yes. I yes. Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean to say now like you didn't before, but you seem like you have a really good team around you. Yes. I, I have the team around me that will tell me no and tell me, no, you're not as great as you think you are. <laughs> so chill out. <laughs> and that's what I love. I, I, travel with my friends a lot, like my Louisiana friends. Uh, they come out and meet me at shows because they're the people that knew me before anything ever happened. I travel with the friends that I have here in Nashville that knew me before anything ever happened. Oh, that's nice. So that I'm constantly looking at accountability, not to, it's not even about pride and ego. That's actually not as big of a deal as some people And they're might all really happy for is. you? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's it's not about that that you feel like you lose yourself. It's about the rush of everything, the mm. this, the pace of everything. It it really wipes your feet out from underneath you at times, and so it's having those people around you to look at you and say, no, 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 you're still this girl from Louisiana. Don't forget. What is it like doing? I saw you on the Today Show. I think it was the Today Show. Um, when you're around people that might not be familiar with the Christian music world. Um, is it a little different sometimes? Do they treat it differently? When, when I think for the Today Show, um, I remember there's always people on there that you didn't know you were going to meet. It's these kind of moments I feel like that are set up that are just really special. And do they do it different than Christian music? Yeah, in some ways, because they're not. But great music's a great music. Outlet. Once they hear you sing, yeah, and that voice—I don't know what that is—from raspy oh. to oh. to light to power, you know, wow. um, it has to come from your New Orleans Creole kind of background, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was just talking to someone about. I'm sorry, we we're hopscotching around. From I kind of do that. I oh, jump around. <laughs> I was like, wait, do I need to finish telling about the single? I'm so I don't oh, know. Oh, we'll get back to the single. Wait a second. I'm like, wait. Uh, but this voice this you is, have. This is good. Um, I mean, like when I was saying, when you were saying singing "Rise Up," I'm, I'm like, this is she's saying it like it might be might be her last song. I mean, that's wow. power. Wow. Um, like you're calling people to just you know rise up. Yeah. And then you fall back to more wispy kind of. Um, I'm not a, a musician, so um, I'm a radio former radio guy, so I tell it in my terms. But the the versatility in your voice is incredible. Oh wow! And where do you think it comes from? Um, I think it comes from a couple of things. One, Celine Dion and Whitney Houston, powerhouse vocals. I loved them as a child. I would walk around my house singing at the top of my lungs and my brother would tell my mom, please make her stop. Please make her stop. Because at five years old- At five. At five. They would make me feel things that I didn't know I could feel. Like, wow, this is making me want to explode from the inside. And my natural response, my natural expression of those emotions, it was singing. Mm. And I feel like- um I didn't know at the time if I was singing or screaming, and that happened the older I got. You know, I remember I was 16, and my mom had told someone uh, at my church, "Hey, she sings all the time. I don't know if y'all need anyone in your choir, but she's singing around our house all the time." <laughs> so the music director came to me and said, "Hey, I want you to sing this song really quick." And I remember singing it in my head voice, kind of light, airy. And he said, "Girl, I've heard you laugh before. I know how you sing. Mm-hmm. You better sing." And I was like, okay, I just don't know if this is singing or screaming. I don't know the difference. Like, I don't know 
the technicality of it. I don't know how all this works. I just do it because I love it. And so I started singing. Because you're so humble. Oh, oh well. You are. Oh, thank you. I could tell. And and you know, I I teach a little bit. I teach speech at a couple of colleges. Oh, wow. You know, and sometimes I'll have kids that are so smart and they dial it back mm. because they don't want to show anybody up because they're so awesome. They're humble. And I wow. feel like that's you're like that. You know, oh. um it it just feels like that a little bit. So and I would say to them, like, just be smart. It's yeah. not your problem. It's their problem yeah. if they have a problem with it. Yeah. But your voice is just so versatile and wow. um, I wanted to know like where that came from. And now since you've been singing since you were five. Yeah. It's it's crazy because I would sing around my house. My mom said I would sing before I could talk. So even as an infant, she said I would connect notes and coo and all these things. And the older I got um, the more I could recognize, like this was something deep. It was something entrenched in my veins. Did it was you, something I was crafted. Did you go to school for music? No, I. It's it's kind of crazy. I didn't start singing until I was much older. Um, when I was at LSU, I was a child and family studies major, but I took the Tigers, right? Yeah, go Tigers. G E A U X. Hello. Um, but I I ended up like I did. Um, vocal performance mm -hmm. and I was in the choir at LSU, the women's choir, but I didn't necessarily go to LSU for, for music. I just took those as electives. Right. And, um, that was all opera. So it was very different wow. than you, this. You, you, you did some opera? <laughs> did some opera. It was fun. I actually, I fell in love with it afterwards. In the moment I was kind of like heels in the ground about it. And my my teacher would get so upset with me because I would go and sing these pop shows on the weekend. So versatile right out of the gate. Uh, oh. So since you mentioned opera, this is a good place to ask this. Um, you know, Paul McCartney with the Beatles sang, he was an opera singer. He could sing opera. He could play every instrument. And what I always loved about his singing is he didn't always swing for the fences. He knew mm -hmm. when to... And have restraint. I hear some singers that are always sing swinging for the fences, and you, you know that that it's the song, right? And how mm -hmm. to treat the song? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I tell people all the time those moments. People want the big powerhouse ballad, loud sound, but the moments that make that so potent is those delicate, simple, mm. subtle, easy listening songs. It's all about having the balance of both. And I was listening to a podcast, this interview, where someone talked about the power of restraint. And you know uh, the quality of an artist whenever they utilize restraint. Same with musicians when you get in a studio or when you get in a live setting. You don't want someone, a drummer who's like, Busting out every chop, every lick that he has. Oh, you want the whole Ringo Starr who knows how to refrain and being and, simple. Yes, because if you can make simple beautiful, if you can make simple profound, then that's where talent. I've comes always in. felt the best music is simplicity. Yep. Um, I saw you at Bridgestone Arena, I think, two years ago when you were with Hillsong. Oh, um, yeah. I've done a podcast with them too. I love them. Gosh, those um, guys. I love One them thing so I much. loved, and I brought a friend who. Um, was not familiar with Christian music and she loved your show. And one thing I really liked about it um, is you just walked out. There was no grand intro or you just walked up to the microphone and started singing. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. And is that by design or? I think it's, it's for me personally, um, not everything has to be a statement on the person. I think 
letting the music speak for itself. That's that's one of my favorite things. I hope you continue with that. Oh, because thank it's missing you. in our society today. Oh. Like everyone wants a high five and pound their chest. And I just love that you came and she noticed that too. You wow. know, that there was no grandiose, you know, Entrance. introduction or anything like that. And you didn't need it. You just let your voice speak. Wow. So that, I'm gonna pocket that because the since then there's been a couple of of shows that there has been an entrance and it's always felt awkward for me personally. I've always felt like this feels just a little disconnected. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Like, wow. That feels good. So this helped today. So <laughs> yeah, it really did. I'm getting some revelation here. This in, in is good. In one little way. We've got so much to talk about in <laughs> so right. little time. Uh, the single. Yes. Uh, you say. <laughs> Looping did, back around. <laughs> <laughs> did you write it? Yes. Uh, you co-wrote it. You I co-wrote that. it. I finished that award show. I come into the studio the next day and I'm like, okay, I don't know where I'm at. I've, I feel like I've lost my identity. The swamp Louisiana girl is being mulled over by a barrage of expectation. And I, I don't know how to, how to anchor myself. And so that song was written with my producers kind of in a moment of me realizing was, my norm is changing. Was that the first song you wrote for the album? It was. And it, and it was the first song that I had written post How Can It Be. Oh. So I hadn't wow. written with those guys. I know. So you're and not one of these writers ago. who's always writing? You you put it in its place and go yeah. back to it when you... Yeah, wow. totally. I, I Seasons are a thing. Uh, I don't feel like that's going to... I'm not going to do that forever because I think I needed to section things off in order to get my feet wet and understand what each role um, expects and demands. And now that I have an understanding, okay, this is what the stage demands. This is what touring demands. This is what radio demands. This is what writing demands. This is what the studio demands. Now that I understand how much each one of them, the weight each role needs to take, I can understand how to intertwine them mm. prior i didn't know your faith must really help you do that right yeah yeah absolutely I, I feel like i learned so much about how i've been designed creatively and without that expression everything else kind of falls apart mm. um it's just the fabric of how i was i was made i guess and so with that i definitely want to write more on the road but with you say when we were writing that I knew it was a mark of identity. The lies that I had been believing about losing myself. How how do I exist in this environment? Where is my security? Where where's the depth? Where's my the things that I can stronghold to, like hold on tight to? The not the sand, but the rock. Like where is that? Mm. And as we started writing this song, it was like one lie fell. The next lie fell. The next lie fell. And it was replaced with these truths of, you say I'm loved. You say I'm strong. When I feel weak, when I feel vulnerable, when I feel insecure, when I feel like really wayward and tossed by the wind, you sing a line you're my it? source. Yeah. Um, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong. When I think I'm weak And you say I am held When I am falling short And when I don't belong Oh, you say I am yours And I believe 
Oh, I believe what you say of me. I believe. So good. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's the first time ever on one of my podcasts I've asked an artist to sing. So thank you for being so gracious. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and doing that. What is your hope from people, your fans, and other people to? I'm always um, telling people to listen to your music. And, oh, thank and a lot, you. A lot of times in my running community, I have a lot of 20-something women friends that they, they just love your music. And I, I'm always happy when you're turning people on to new music. Mm-hmm. I could see it breaking down barriers. Oh, I um, love that. What is your hope for people to take away from this record and then from your concerts when you start touring? I really want, we had this saying the whole time, to extend the tent pegs, like um, really reach people that may not feel like this is home for them. And when writing the record, it was really kind of a biography of where I've been over these past few years. Uh, I was just telling someone that it's really dear to me to go and have these experiences and bring out an expression that maybe someone else is wishing they could get out of themselves Mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily have the language for they don't have the understanding of, they don't know that it's in them. Um, Maybe they're going through a heartache. Maybe they're going through a difficult time. Maybe they're walking through a road that's really painful. Um, But what I told my producers in writing this record, I said, when I get off of the stage live, I want to be sweating. Mm -hmm. And they laughed at me. They're like, Lauren. I was like, no, I'm serious. I want to be sweating because I want this to be such a record of joy, such a record of hope that... People experience this childlikeness again. Uh-huh. And in the in the years of, of making this record, in the time of making this record, I had to remember who I was as a child. And that solidified my identity so in great. this season. And uh, so and because of that, I, I really want people to reflect on, oh, that was the innocence of my childhood. How do I see myself through those eyes again how do i love myself like that again where's that joy where is that hope and you've kind of got a when you your dress you got a little bit of a stevie nicks things going on thanks (laughs) i like stevie nicks i grew up on her the the way you i mean just the way you you look in the clothing and stuff i love that it's kind of timeless that's that's an on honor. a bad day. I put on Dry Bones and listen to that oh, song. Wow. I love that song, and oh. and your live takes on it are so great. And now it'll be um, Rolling Stones. You oh know, wow, that, that's a Lazarus the, song. There's so much atmosphere on this record, um, wow. cinematography almost with the strings. Mm, yeah, and um, so I, you know we're gonna have to wrap up in a minute. But those strings, are you gonna? The, uh, we'll wait for the listener to just tune in, not tell you much about listening to it, but it's full of gorgeous strings. Wow. I, I tell you what, that experience, I'd never, I'd never worked with an orchestra on a record before. That about knocked my socks off. I just sat in the middle. Did you of, love it? Oh, I loved it. I could weep right now just thinking back on that experience. I, they were in a semicircle and I sat in the middle just sitting on the floor listening and it was a sound that was so beautiful brett mabry did all of the arrangements which is paul mabry's twin brother really my producer's twin brother wow and it was just really sweet their parents were in from australia they're australian 
And it just so happened that their parents were in town. And I feel like there was just this synergy, this moment in the room, the sentiment in the room. And all of the players, there were moments where they like kind of got teary-eyed and and wept in making. And these are like players that do this every day. Like some of them are burnt out. Some of them are just jaded. Are you going to maybe play with are you going to do this with this, like the I Nashville would, Symphony or something? Oh my gosh, that would be a that dream. That would be so great. I would love that. I actually brought the string well, players Well, since in. I came up with the idea, yeah, I think come I should on. get a little something. You should something. come over. Yeah, come listen. <laughs> but for somebody who grew up with like Sgt. Pepper and these great records <laughs> with strings, yeah, you know, it's, it's a thanks to like yeah. in this age of computer generated stuff, mm-hmm. I just love that oh. you did that. It's a great record. I just Thank you. Wanna, I know we were your publicist told me how much time, so I want to wrap it up here. Oh. But I just really wish you the best as you hit the road and start. When is the tour? Can you say it or you or we need to wait? I, I <laughs> think it starts in September. And who is touring with you? Um, we have a few special guests. Um, I, um, this other band called Infinity Song, I met them underneath the bridge in Central Park. Okay, so I've got to be honest. I, I was talking with David Macias from 30 Tigers at okay. um, at one of the award shows, and he mentioned you, and he said one of his artists from 30 Tigers was playing, and he showed me some of the venues you're going to be playing. Oh. And I was like, hey, those are theaters where rock acts go. She's playing some <laughs> non-traditional theaters mm-hmm. and venues. I think that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. We, I wanted it, Scott Mulvihill. He's also going to be out with us, and I really wanted to, like, with the idea of extending the tent pegs. I wanted people that wouldn't ever step into a church to feel welcome. Oh, oh, yeah. wow! Really? Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, the album is called "Look Up Child." Um, the first single you say is out there and Lauren Daigle, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This um, is such a pleasant time. I'm hoping we get to talk down the road. Yes. Um, but uh, many blessings to you as you go out on the road. Thank you, Jim. Lauren, it's been a pleasure. This is Jim Asker from Billboard. Thank you, everybody. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>